Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me on this journey. We are discovering how to become fear-free. Hallelujah. In this series entitled People Bondage. Now, today, this is part number four, and part number four is subtitled Nothing to Lose. And this is such an important ingredient in overcoming fear, realizing that you have nothing to lose. Jesus is with you. And I'm telling you now, my friends, he has invested great power and authority in you and you will overcome this fear. Oh, I can't wait for you to hear this message. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. If you would like to hear this uh, message in its entirety, if you're listening on the radio, or if you want to hear the entire series, it's there on the website, the audio and the video. So check it out. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message. It is subtitled, Nothing to Lose, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. Thank you in Jesus' name for this day you've given us to gather around your rich word. Lord, we all place ourselves as students of your word. Lord, we desire to sit at your feet as Mary did and receive from the words that fall from your mouth. Father, today we we enter in, we press in to receive from your presence. Lord, we long to embrace you. We long to touch you. We long, Lord God, we long to be in your presence. So today, Father, we ask you just to feed us and clothe us and strengthen us and let us hear the words that come from your throne and holy spirit we know that you are the teacher you're the one who leads us into all truth and shows us things to come this would be impossible without you impossible without you but with you we know that all things are possible through christ jesus so lord we ask you to teach us today feed us today give us a right now rhema word give us a right now word that will answer questions that will bring healing that will bring deliverance Give us an anointing that will change our lives forever. We give you praise today, Father, and we thank you for the opportunity to seek your face. We thank you, Lord, for this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's give God a a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We love you, Father. We love you. We love you. Great Holy Spirit, we honor you. Well, amen. It's time for us to go ahead and uh, get back into our series entitled, Anybody? People Bondage. Hallelujah. People Bondage. And this would be part number four. So once again, I want to welcome all of you that are here with us today, all of us, all of, all of our online community that are joining us online. Those are those of you that are streaming by way of YouTube, those of you that are streaming by way of Periscope, those, those of you that will be listening later by way of CD or audio recording, we greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Kingdom Rock, let us welcome our online community, wherever they are all around the world, wherever you are. We welcome you in Jesus' name. You are a part of this service in Jesus' name. All right. Um, Again, uh, we're in a series now called People Bondage. This is part number four. If you have missed parts three, two, or one, feel free to go to the website and um, 
at your leisure and you can download the audio messages if you like to or just watch the videos all over again so that you can uh, glean from the word of God. Today, I don't uh, anticipate doing a lot of recapping at all. So normally I would do that to make sure that you understood understood the concepts and and just really try to get good coverage. Uh, But today we're not going to do that. I'm going to depend on you to go back and uh, hear the rest of the messages so that you can be caught up and up to date. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. It is the purpose of our series. uh, Three reasons here, three purposes uh, to encourage us to reach out, claim and operate in uh, in our God given assignments in the kingdom of God, as well as our roles in the local church. Uh, This series is also the purpose of the series is also to overcome fear so that we may become more productive and achieve all that we are meant to be in Christ. Thirdly, it is the purpose of this series uh, to thrive and to live a life abundantly in Christ Jesus without the restraints of fear. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that there is an anointing in this series uh, for you and I to be unleashed. For God to unleash, talk about being off the chain. It's time for you and I to be off the chain, unleashed. Hallelujah. And to be all that God has called you to be. Hallelujah. What would you do if you weren't afraid, if you had no fear? Where would you go if you had no fear? Hallelujah. And it's not always the fear of somebody getting you or attacking you. Maybe it's the fear of you running out of money. Fear of you not having your job. Not always a fear of, of danger, uh, as in physical danger, but it could be the fear of financial loss. Yep. What would you do? Where would you go uh, if you knew that you were completely secure? Mm. If you had no fear. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing? Yeah. If you can come up with a list of things, then that means that somehow you are still restrained. Yeah. Does that make sense? So in this series today, we are breaking people bondage. We are breaking the yoke of fear so that we may be unrestrained uh, in doing the things that God has called us to do. Amen. So there is an anointing that is falling in this house. The power of God that is falling in this house. Whenever a word is ministered, there is an anointing that falls. There is power that falls along with it. There is grace that falls along with it. Especially when there is a series of messages, that means that manna is falling. That manna is falling. The anointing is falling for that. It's falling for that. It's up to you to, to lay hold of that that the Father is releasing. Much like uh, Elijah dropped his uh, mantle and Elisha caught it, there's a mantle falling to be fearless, to be unrestrained, to be unleashed. Are you hearing? I'm telling you, there's an anointing for you to finally become the Superman or Superwoman or Wonder, you know. Some of you, some of you see my cape flying in the wind right now. Hallelujah. Let's go to our uh, confession. Uh, now, after this series is over, I do plan to put the confession and the purposes and all these, all the different points on our website, on the series page, so that you may download them in a PDF uh, form. So after this series is over, so if somebody just remind me, we'll get that done. 
All right, here we go. Uh, confession. Now, we've added a little bit more to this confession this week. So um, just read along with us, and we're going to confess it together. Are you ready? Let's go. I am loved and accepted by God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Because I believe in Jesus, there is no judgment against me. I, my family, my church, my community, my job, and my school are divinely protected against all evil. My heavenly father has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. I am safe. I am, I am a fearless believer and I will seize every God opportunity that is presented before me. Today, I declare that I am more than enough. I will live my dreams and move ever forward to into divine destiny. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise Jesus. Amen. So make this your confession. Don't just confess this today. Don't just confess it today. You can go on the website and go on your app or whatever, and you can find these confessions and write them down in your own handwriting. Um, and uh, just confess them. All right? Amen? Say with me, I am safe. I am secure. I am divinely protected. My family is safe. My family is secure. We are divinely protected. In Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you believe that? Amen? Hallelujah. In this world today, sister, that is so dangerous. There's a lot of stuff going on out there. It's good to know that we are divinely protected. And uh, we're looking, I just advise you too to go back and to uh, read and study Psalm, I think, um, 122, I believe it is, Psalm 122. Uh, in Psalm 122, you, Psalm 122, you will find, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Psalm 121. In Psalm 121, you will find that God said that he will, that he will preserve you from all evil, that he will preserve your soul. Amen. So go back and get in there in Psalm 91, Psalm 121 and Psalm 91. And there'll be some others that we're going to see in Psalm 27. There'll be many other scriptures that you really need to dive in and get into. Amen. Uh, know the word of God for your life. All right, let's go on. Um, the Lord gave us 11, as it stands right now, 11 ways to overcome our fears. 11 ways for you to overcome your fears. Some of these, of course, we'll talk about in depth. Others we will touch on, uh, but we will eventually get them all done. Number one is consider the four W's. Get the last um, uh, messages about that, uh, talking about the four whys. Or the, there's the what are you afraid of, why you're afraid of, so forth and so on. Make sure you get that. Number two, realize that their inability to love you does not mean that you are unloved. Amen. Number three, we stopped on last week. We barely touched it, so we're going to have to get into, into today. Uh, become comfortable in, with the worst case scenario, the total rejection of the group. Four, force yourself to confront the pain of fear over and over again if necessary until you develop emotional calluses becoming numb to the pain. Five, pray for and receive deliverance. Begin spiritual warfare, overcoming fear. Number six, uh, see Jesus with you in your uh, darkest moments and receive his love at the site of your original wounding. We'll get into that as well. Uh, number seven, get over yourself. Stop, uh, um, stop being consumed with thoughts about you. Rem remember, 
Whenever we are afraid, whenever we are worried, you understand it all points to you, right? Every bit of it points to you. When you say, I'm afraid, duh, I'm talking about you, right? I'm afraid. They may hurt me. They're talking about me. I may lose my job. It all of it points to you. So if we are self-centered, fear will always have a field day on you. If it's always about you and yours, me, mine, and all that, if it's always that, then you'll always have a problem with fear. You understanding? All right. um, You may be seated. God bless you, those around the room. Thank you so much. Uh, Number seven, uh, rather, yeah, get over yourself. Number eight, keep a journal. Write about the things about, write write about your fear journey or the things that you are afraid of. um, And there will be a transfer as you write things down. Write what you are afraid of. Write them down in your hand and your own handwriting. It's going to help you. Uh, Number nine, exercise. Number 10, laugh more. Let's laugh. <laughs> laugh more. You're going to find it very difficult to be afraid when you're laughing. Are you hearing? Uh, number seven, confess, uh, confess what you're battling with with others. This drags that fear into the light. Amen. But today we're going to here we're going to part number four and we'll be speaking from the subject today of what have you got to lose? Or we can say this in short. There's nothing to lose. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Today we're going to be looking just briefly at the book of 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. Uh, Just uh, briefly about the account of David and Goliath. Many of you are very familiar with this. I'm going to bring to you just a few points here. We won't read the entire 17th chapter. We'll only read just a few verses here and there because you are familiar with this account. If you're not familiar with it, go back and listen to it and and read it uh, once again. But I'll pull out just a few verses here. Uh, Here we find in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, we find that Israel uh, is once again uh, battling the uh, Philistines, the Philistines. And uh, they have set themselves uh, at array against each other. And there are the Philistines are on one heel and Israel's on the on the other side there on on a heel. And uh, there is a valley between them. And when they when it's time for them to fight, they just come down off the heels and they fight in the middle. And so they've been fighting that way for a little while until a champion from the Philistine camp comes out. And he addresses the people of God. And this is what we're going to start on here. It says uh, the champion by name of anybody. Goliath. Then Goliath, reading this out of the New Living Translation, let's read verse 4 through 7. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the uh, Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. That's pretty tall. Think about that. Over nine feet tall. It says over nine feet tall. Verse uh, number 5. Uh, He wore a uh, bronze helmet and his uh, bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. This is coat of mail His you know, his armament, 125 pounds, pretty heavy. Verse six, he also um, wore bronze uh, leg armor and he carried a, a bronze javelin on his shoulder. Verse seven. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a 
as a weaver's beam, um, tipped with an iron a spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. So, in other words, when he threw it at you, you gone. Threw it at you, and he hit you. Um, his, uh, his armor bearer uh, walked, uh, walked ahead of him carrying a shield. So, Goliath was a man of war. The Bible says he was a man of war from his youth. He looked fearsome. He looked fearsome. Let's skip down, down to verse number, uh, number 10. Uh, this is what Goliath kept saying. He said, I defy the armors of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the uh, Israelites heard this, they were what? Terrified and deeply shaken. Verse 16, for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion did what? strutted in front of the uh, Israelite army. So he kept saying, hey, fight me. Fight me. Fight me. Now he is nine feet tall, very strong, and very well armored. This man knew how to fight. He was trained to fight from his youth, from a, from the, a young age. He was now in his prime ready to fight. When Israel saw this, even King Saul saw this, they were all afraid. Now here they are, the people of God, right? The people of God, the king afraid, the pastor afraid, all the church members afraid. Okay. At this, I'm not sure what your Goliath is. And this is something that tormented them every day, morning and evening, morning and evening. It gets up in your face and says, I will take you out. You will never defeat me. You will never, ever win against me. It is impossible. And so Saul really thought it's impossible. Who's going to do it? The men, uh, Israel thought this is impossible. Who's going to beat it for 40 days? Four, not four days, 40 days. He came out taunting them, tormenting them, strutting in front of them like a big debt or like a doctor's report, strutting in front of them. You can't beat me. Nana, nana, boo, boo. You can't beat me. You'll never beat me. You'll never win. This is what they're saying. Bring somebody out. You think you're big and bad? You're fighting. You say you're fighting with God. God's on your side. Well, come on out. Come on out, he said. Come on out. He tormented them. Tormented them. I'm not sure if anybody has been tormented with something day and night, night and day, day and night, and it told you you'll never win, you'll never get ahead, you'll never have anything. This thing tormented them. Tormented day and night, Goliath strutted in front of them. But let's see something here in verse number 57. Let's go to the very end of it. It says, As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, what? He was killed? As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. What? David, David. Now, historically, uh, many Bible um, 
many Bible scholars say that David was approximately 15 years old, about 15 years old, between 15, because you had to be at least 20 to be in the army. So they say he was about 15 or at least younger than 20, but many say he was about 15 years old. How can this 15-year-old kid, and they saw him come out with a rock and a sling, how can he beat him? How in the world? Now, as we said before, if we were betting people, if we were betting people, all of our money, I'm sure, would be upon Goliath. Sorry, little David. I just, I just can't see how in the world you're going to beat him. But yet and still, they were more with David than they were with Goliath. David had an invisible army with him that defeated Goliath. On some, and really, anybody in the army could have done it if they had stepped out on God's word. Are you hearing me? So let's talk about for a moment, how could this have happened? How in the world did David beat Goliath? Now, remember, the, the entire environment was fearful. Everybody was scared. Everybody was fearful. Not just one or two. The entire army were afraid. The king was afraid. Everybody was afraid. But then enters David, who is not intimidated. Oh, God, help us. Who was not intimidated? Who had a fire of God on the inside of him? Who heard the same words that they heard, but it made him mad. It strengthened him. There was a fire in him that burned brightly. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who would dare defy the armies of God? He heard what they heard. But there was something different on the inside of him. Fearless, And this is where we want to get to be unrestrained, fearless in doing the work of the Lord. Amen. Here again, this wasn't this. They had heard this thing for 40 days. None of them moved day and night, morning and evening. The same comment. David hears it one time and said, what? He's ready to get it right then. Fearless. My God, let me give you some points here. There are about uh, five things that happened in David's life. So let's talk about David's battle just for a moment. Let's talk about David's battle before we get into um, uh, point number three uh, the worst case scenario. David's battle. The very first thing here that David understood was that David knew his, David knew his covenant with God and he believed in it. How do we know that? Because he kept saying to Goliath, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And secondly, he knew that David knew that Goliath didn't have that covenant with God. Covenant, uncircumcised. Circumcision was a sign of the covenant. Hallelujah. The covenant was an agreement with God. David knew the sign. David had an agreement with God. And what did God agree, uh, agree to Israel? God told them, I will curse those that curse you. I will bless those that bless you. You will be my people and I will be your God. He said, I will fight for you. I will fight for you. I will lead you into battle. He said that no one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life hallelujah David understood his covenant hallelujah so he said who is this uncircumcised Philistine who is this one that does not have a covenant agreement with God 
He said, I know my covenant. I know what God has said to me. And I'm standing on his word. I'm leaning on his word. I'm relying on what he said. Hallelujah. So David talked big. Are you hearing me? Oh, you can talk trash to the devil when you know your covenant. Hallelujah. You can say it all day long. Who are you? Who are you? Don't you not understand that um, that, uh, that Old Testament was ratified by the blood of bulls and goats. But under the New Testament, we have another covenant with God ratified or put in place by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Which is far better than the blood of bulls and goats. Hallelujah. We can rest assured that we are not children of the most high God. We are seated with God in heavenly places. Seated in Christ right by God in heavenly places. Hallelujah. The power of God is at our disposal. We carry the name of Jesus. And the Bible says very plainly, as he is, so are we in this world. He's more than a conqueror, so I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. He has all power, and through him I have all power. Hallelujah. He has favor with God, and I have favor with God. Hallelujah. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this debt? What is this sickness and disease? Who is trying to come against me? Don't you know when you come against me, you come against the one that sent me. Hallelujah. And it's hard to kick against the prick. Hallelujah. Saul understood that. It's hard. It's hard to box with God. Your arms are too short to box with God. But you have to know who you are. Ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? Do you know your covenant? Hallelujah. Do you know what God has said? Hallelujah. So David knew his covenant, and David knew that Goliath did not have a covenant. In David's eyes, there's no way he couldn't lose. (laughs) In David's eyes, there was no way he could lose. None whatsoever, because he knew the God that he served. Hallelujah. The third thing is that David decided that there was a cause. You find in scripture, David told his elder brothers, you know, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? He realized that there was a cause of something worth fighting for, something worth dying for. And he committed himself to it. Isn't that something? Have you found a cause, something to give your life to, something to put your teeth in, something to fight for? Hallelujah. David understood that there was a cause. Is there not a cause? This man is talking about our God. This man is talking about our nation. Is there not a cause? And he's asking somebody to come out and fight him. Whoa, buddy, it's home now. Somebody give me a can so I can open it up. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? It's on. It's on. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God. The fourth thing you've got to understand that what happened, that there was a battle before the battle. David endured a battle before the battle. Now, so David endured the battle before the battle. What battle was that? Criticism. His brothers, who are you? Where'd you leave them little sheep with that you got? We know you. You are so prideful. Whoa, David said, slow your roll, buddy. I'm just coming up here to give you some food. Daddy sent me up here with some food to give to you. You read it yourself. Uh, he sent me with some cheese to give to the give to the commander. He told Daddy told me to come up here to see how y'all were doing. Yes, 
Don't get mad at me that all y'all are so scared of cats that you can't approach this man here. I heard the man, what the man said, and I'm coming to tear him down. Are you hearing? David had to face the battle of criticism. And the worst criticism came from his own family. Right there at the site of David's greatest victory. God allowed Goliath to come into the nation so that he could set David up before all the people. He allowed a great problem to come in to bring in a great problem solver. Hallelujah. He set the stage for David to come in. Are you understanding? Oh, this is so powerful. So David was criticized. Uh, He was rejected. Uh, He was doubted. He was falsely accused. And he walked into a fearful environment, an environment full of fear. And no one believed that David could beat Goliath. King, the king said, uh, what you uh, here? Here, put put my armor on, son. You're going you're gonna need something. <laughs> yeah, put, put, uh, you oh boy, I'm sorry, David. Even the king himself said he's a he's been a warrior from his youth, and you uh, now put my armor on. Uh, go ahead, yeah. Put them little rocks away, and a little a little sling. Yeah, put that man worked there, and they um you know in the field. But you on you you on prime time now, son. Go ahead and take my sword and go on out there. Ooh, it's going to be ugly, but go ahead out there, David. Go ahead. David gets up there and said, I, I can't go in these. He tried them on. He said, I can't go in these. This hadn't been tested, hadn't been proven. He took that stuff off. He said, God has already given me an anointing. Hallelujah. That may be your anointing, Saul, but that does not work for me. I can't walk in your anointing. I can only walk in what God has given me. Hallelujah. I will walk this path that God has given me using me what, using what he has given me. Are you hearing? You can't walk in another man's shoes. Turn to name and tell him, don't try it. So nobody believed that David could do it. The only one that believed that David could do it was David. Think about that for a moment. Your family's against you saying, there's no way in the world you're going to do that. There's no way in the world you're going to start this business. (laughs) They are doubting. The whole community is doubting that you're going to do that. All of them know, David, you're about to get beat down. There's going to be a beat down. David, it's going to be you. None of them expected that. David goes out to battle against Goliath and he has only a rock and a sling. They said, this can't happen. This is impossible. Goliath has a spear with the head of it that weighs 15 pounds. His armor, his coat of mail weighing what we said, 125 pounds. Goliath himself over nine feet tall. I said, David, this man going to step on you like a roach. Nine feet tall, incredibly strong, well armored. And all David got is a rock and a sling. He twirls that thing up and says, I come against you in the name of the Lord, the Lord God of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of my Lord Jesus. Shoot. Boom. And down he goes. Everybody is shocked. 
But then he goes even further and runs up and gets Goliath's sword and chops off his head and holds that head up and said, there's a God in Israel. Hallelujah. There's a God in my life, in my home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He holds the head. And that's what we're talking about today. This is why we're going through this series that you'll hold the head up of your enemy. You'll hold it up high and declare that Jesus is Lord. I told you he's real. Hallelujah. I told you he's real. Hallelujah. My God has all power in his hand. Hallelujah. You'll hold up a doctor's report. You'll hold up the x-rays. Hallelujah. You'll hold them up. Hallelujah. You'll hold up your bank account statement. You'll hold up your credit report and say, I got this this even was that even when that was like that God is able God is faithful hallelujah are you hearing hallelujah but David had to endure that battle he knew his promises he knew what God had promised to him do you know what God has promised to you and he stood on it he said there was a cause there is a cause. There is something worth fighting for. Are you hearing? Now, using that as a backdrop, as a background, let's go to number three, the third way of overcoming the fear in your life. Remember, you got to be unleashed. There, you know, there was a movie, of course, I don't believe in everything that's in this movie, but it was an okay movie. I don't say watch it, praise the Lord. Movie with Jet Lee. I like a little kung fu myself. A movie with Jet Li, and it, and it was called Unleashed. Anybody seen that movie before? I don't, I don't remember, really remember, remember if there were any bad things in it, so, you know, don't take my word for it. But <clears throat> it's Jet Li in this movie, he was a, he was a tremendous fighter, kung fu, kung fu fighter. Better than Kung Fui, faster than a human eye. Kong, Hong Kong Fui. Number one, private eye, super, something like that. It's cartoon, I'm sorry, don't worry about it. But anyway, in this movie, as long as Jet Li had on this collar, Jing, he was safe. But when his masters, when the owners, whatever, when they took that collar off and unleashed him, wow, then he came out and you couldn't stop him. You could not stop him. Before you could say the word Kung Fu, you were on the ground. And this is what we want to do here. God's unleashing us. Hallelujah. He's unleashing us. Unleashing us. Hallelujah. We're taking off the restraints that this world system has placed on us. Those that said you're no good, you can't do this, or you can't do that. He's taking off all these can't restraints. Those that said you're too fat or too skinny. Those that say you're too old or too young. God said, I'm taking off all those restraints from my people. I'm unleashing you. Hallelujah. Tell them I'm unleashed. Are you hearing me? That's what he's doing. I'm telling you. So hearing it, number three is become comfortable in the worst case scenario. Unless you become comfortable in the worst case scenario, you'll never step forward. Unless you become comfortable at the worst that could happen, you'll never leave the safety of your cave. Be you must become comfortable at the total rejection. Everybody is rejecting you. If you can become comfortable with their rejection, you'll stand up. You'll stand out. Stand out. Can you be comfortable in losing your job? Can you be comfortable in losing your reputation? 
If so, you'll step up and do what the Lord told you to do. Amen. Can you be comfortable in losing your relationship? Can you be comfortable in losing it all and being impoverished? If you know, if you're not, then you'll never start that new business. You never start on, on, on that dream. Can you be comfortable with this thing killing you? Comfortable with death? Oh, hey, that's an improvement. Praise Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. The 10 spies could not cross over to the promised land because they, they said, we got too much to lose. We got too much to lose. We can't go over there. Even though there was a cause, God said go. But they, didn't fully, they did not fully invest in the cause, so they couldn't make it. So they, they did not choose to cross over. Don't get stuck. They were stuck right there because of what they may lose. Now, serving God is with risk. It's a, it's a risky business serving the Lord. It's risky business. When you need money, but you give your tithe and offering, it's a risky business. Are you hearing? Risky business. But God rewards those that have faith, that step out in faith and take the risk. Are you hearing? Peter uh, could have been safe in the boat when Jesus walked out there. He could have just stayed in the boat, but he took a risk. He could have drowned, but there were great rewards. He said that he saw that there was a cause. What if you preach preach to others? What if you tell them about Jesus and nobody believes you? Will you stop? Will you stop? What if you start your business and it begins to lose money and fails? Are you going to stop starting businesses? What if you pray for somebody to get healed and nobody gets healed? Do you stop? Do you tuck tail and run and say, oh, God, this is not going to work. What if you start something, anything, and it fails? Does that mean we quit? Let me give you a way to analyze all these things because we can all have a good, good know or hear. But let me give you some five steps here to help you to go through this, um, to help you evaluate. So let's talk about uh, how to evaluate our priorities, so to speak, to these things that we just talked about. The first thing you're going to ask yourself is, did God command this action? If God commanded you to do this, if he commands you to do this, then no matter what happens, don't stop. The second thing is, is this in the will of God for your life? If it's in the will of God for your life, no matter what happens, keep on going. But if God didn't say it, if God didn't command it and it's not his will, you can let it go. Are you hearing? The third thing is, uh, are there rewards? Are the rewards worth the risk? If it's not, I mean, if you only gonna get a few cents out of this and God didn't say do it, why in the world are you going to try to take this on? We can take things on for ourselves. God didn't say anything about it and there's no reward in it. But we keep on going because we say, I got to finish what I started. Why? Somebody needs to hear that today. Next thing you need to ask yourself, is there another way? Is there another way for me to do this? If this is too hard in front of you, if you keep failing here, ask, is there another way? Is there another way? Did God make another way for you to do this? 
So you need to ask, these, ask yourself these questions. Now, here again, <clears throat> as we are in the service of the Lord, really, Jesus told us all to forsake everything for the kingdom of God. So you really, truth, truthfully, have nothing to lose. Shout, nothing to lose. Let me show you a few examples. Then we're going to close out tonight, uh, close out this morning. Praise the Lord. See, I'm already, I'm already gone. <clears throat> I'm already gone. Yeah. Second Kings, the seventh chapter, second Kings four, second uh, Kings, the seventh chapter, verse four. Listen to this. This is about the, uh, the four leprous men who had nothing to lose in what they said here. They said, if we say, uh, we will enter into the city. Then the famine is in the city and uh, we shall die there. And if we sit here, no, rather, if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall, uh, fall unto the host of the uh, Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall what? We shall but die. That's all that's going to happen. Either I'm going to go forward or, and possibly die, but I know if I stay where I am, I'm definitely going to die. What you got to lose? <laughs> what, what you got to lose? They said all, we can, all that's going to happen is we but die. But that does sound bad, to but die. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That... I pray that you would never but die. <laughs> that does, uh... Sorry about that. <laughs> um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But let's move on. You, you never want to but die. All right. That's all that's going to happen. We're just going to, we're just going to die. That's it. We're going to, yeah. Uh, let's go to Daniel, the third chapter. I love this one with um, three, three Hebrew boys. Uh, Daniel, the third chapter, verse 16 through 18. Let's look and see how, how it reads. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said uh, to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. What matter? Uh, they, they said, once you hear the sound, you better bow down. If you don't bow down, we're going to throw you in a fire and furnace. We're going to cook you alive, period. You're going to die in that fire. We're going to barbecue you. Verse 17, they said, uh, 16 said, we're not careful to answer you. They said here, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able. Say he's able. He's able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, I love that, my God. But if not. But if not, uh, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve, serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. What? He said, what? God's able to do this. But if he doesn't, I'm still going to worship him. I'm still going to honor him. I'm still going to serve him. Hallelujah. I'm still going to do it. Hallelujah. I don't care what you say, what they say. I'm still going to serve him. I've got nothing to lose. I wonder if somebody had that type of determination with Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? Let's look at the notes. Let's look at, let's look at the book of Acts. Acts, the fifth chapter. Acts 5, verse uh, 28. The apostles were having a terrible time with the religious leaders, and they had told him, told them, stop preaching in Jesus' name. Don't even preach Jesus' name in the break room. You're going to lose your job. 
Don't even preach Jesus in the parking lot. Well, you're going to lose your job. Yes, yes. Let's see. Let's see what happened with them. Acts 5, chapter, verse 28. It says, um, saying, uh, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Lord, bring your blood upon me. I receive the blood of Jesus in my life. Hallelujah. Sanctify us, heal us, and deliver us. Wash our sins away with that precious blood. That blood overcomes the wicked one. Hallelujah. That blood justifies. That blood sanctifies. That blood redeems. Hallelujah. It's the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. That blood that was placed upon the doorposts of, and signposts of the home that made the angel of death pass over. Oh, bring me that blood. Hallelujah. But I digressed. They said here, um, you intend to bring this man's blood on us. Verse 29, it says, now, of course, they were talking about, you know, you make, trying to make us guilty for his blood, but the blood of Jesus sanctifies us. Are you hearing? Uh, verse 29, then Peter said, uh, um, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, what? We ought to obey God rather than, rather than men. In other words, we're not going to stop. We are not going to stop. We're not going to stop. Do your best. We are not going to stop. Talk about some people who had a cause. They're willing to give their life. You willing to give your life for the Lord? In Luke 14, verse 26 through 27 it says this here, the Lord Jesus speaking here, it says, if any man come to me and hate not, oh, that is to love less in comparison, hate not his father and mother and, and wife, rather father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. See, this is what Jesus is already requiring of us. But I know we live in this mamby-pamby, um, feel-good Christian society today where you serve Jesus only when it feels good, only when he doesn't meddle in your lifestyle. But when Jesus tells you to, to stop shacking up, to stop this, to, to, to stop, you know, then, you, then we got to make a decision to go another way. Right? When he begins to meddle in your affairs, then it's time to leave Jesus. Right? Huh? But this is what's taught in many places today. But the word of God is true. What are you willing to lose for him? What are you willing to let go of for him? When the word of God contradicts lifestyle, then we'll find out what's happening. Time to hide behind this pulpit. So we're going to this confession, and we'll stop here today. This is our confession. I want you to grab a hold of this. I'll read it first, and you can uh, read it after me. Christ is worth the risk. I gladly forsake all for him. As a result, my heavenly Father will always cause me to succeed in Christ, no matter how the circumstances appear to be. I declare all things are working together for my good. Hallelujah. 
Now, I know there's, there are some things and some relationships and habits and addictions, of course, that are hard to break. And I'm not telling you to break them alone. I'm telling you to like, let Jesus in and let him straighten things out. Because if you go in, you try to do it yourself, you're really going to make a mess of things. You'll start it. Yes, you will start it. But many times you won't finish it. How many times have we tried to stop something? We maybe even kept a log and say, almost, I stopped on Monday. I didn't do anything Tuesday. But just come around Saturday and you did it again. Anybody? But how many of you have also experienced when the Lord took something away from you? And you don't want that anymore. You don't want it anymore. That's what we're talking about. Letting Jesus in. I'm not telling you to go home immediately tonight and say, I'm going to stop this and stop that. No, take all the energy and put it towards serving the Lord. Lord, I submit to you. Lord, I surrender to you. Lord, let your will be done in my life. I give you all of my habits, my addictions, anything in my life that is displeasing to you. I give it to you and I ask you to help me to get this thing together. I need your help to get this together. And he, in turn, will come in and help you. Because you can't clean up your own life. Anybody agree with that? Anybody ever try that? Try to clean up your own life? You can't. One of the worst and smelliest sights that you'll ever see is when a baby tries to clean its own poop. The baby can't change his own diaper. Right? Right? The best thing that a baby can do is to submit to mama, submit to grandmama, daddy, granddaddy, and let them change them. Anybody ever try to change a baby when the baby kicking and screaming and kicking and screaming and kicking and screaming? But if the baby just, you do it, they do it all day. But if you just relax, if the baby just relax, it'd be over in a minute. A little powder and all that. You wipe them up and put the new diaper on and now we're happy. Best thing we can do is just submit to God and say, Father, you know, I like doing this. I've enjoyed this for quite a while, but I know this is wrong and I want to get it right with you. Could you change me? Just say with me, God, change me. You know? So again, I'm not saying go out and, and begin to fix your life because all we're going to do is make a big, mistake, big mess. But if you allow the Lord to change you, He'll change you from the inside out. He's faithful to do it. But you've got to submit yourself to him. So let's do this confession together. Ready? Let's go. Christ is worth the risk. I gladly forsake all for him. As a result, my heavenly father will always cause me to succeed in Christ, no matter how the circumstance appeared to be. I declare... Uh huh. Uh huh. There, that's it. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I write things on there that I forget about in my notes. Praise the Lord. So, 
There you have it. Just for the online community, this is what I was saying here. Christ is worth the risk. I gladly forsake all for him. My heavenly father will always cause me to to succeed in Christ no matter how the circumstances appear to be. I declare the decree. All things are working together for my good right when now. I am blessed, prosperous, wealthy, healthy, wise, and a fearless overcomer. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise the Lord. Uh, if you would nudge your neighbor t- and tell him, I told you to pray for him last night. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Every night. All right. Well, I pray that you receive the rich word of the Lord. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. We'll stop there for today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoo. I feel better now, and I pray you do too. It's time for you to get off the chain. It's time for you to be completely released. And I pray the next opportunity, when fear comes along, I pray that such a boldness will rise up in you. Such a boldness. Such a boldness. And I pray as well that you won't involve yourself in things that don't profit. You won't even get involved with it. When mess tries to come to your door, you won't even open the door. You don't want to get involved. I don't, I don't want, I don't want that. No, no, just, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't want that. When somebody's drama comes in, I I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't don't want to hear it. I'll pray for you. Yes, but, but that's it. Don't take somebody else's fire into your bosom. Pray for them. Amen. Pray for them. But don't bring someone else's stuff. People can bring so much drama in your life. And then there you are all worried and all stressed out. Don't take it. Pray for them. Leave the rest of the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of, word of God that you gave us today. And Lord, we pray that every word that was spoken today by the Holy Spirit would be implanted firmly and root, deeply rooted in our hearts, that it will produce a mighty tree that will produce much fruit uh, that will bless the nations. Father, I pray for all those in this place today and all those that are joining us online that today they will become fearless. Today they will be bold. Today they are overcomers. Today, Father, they are unreleased and unrestrained in doing the things that you've called them to do. Father, I pray today that they will have even more, a greater faith than that of David, a greater boldness than that of David. And Lord, when they are tormented with something again, that they will arise up. They'll take the things that you have given them, their own rock and their own sling. The things that the world has despised. And Lord, they'll carry off their enemy's head in their hand, declaring our God is faithful. Father, I pray in Jesus' name against the tormentors in their lives. But I more more pray that they will rise up. That they will rise, your people rise up and become all that you've called them to be. Father, I pray let the faith of God arise in our hearts and a holy boldness arise in us. And Lord, I thank you for causing us to move forward in everything you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. 
That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.